0: Welcome to the Your Dream Business Podcast. I'm your host, Rhys Heath-Waring, an international best-selling author, award-winning speaker, TEDx speaker, certified coach, and the host of this number one ranked podcast. I am so excited to guide you on the journey of creating a business and life that you not only love, but one that perfectly aligns with you and the season of life that you're in. In each episode, I'll share with you easy, actionable, and insightful strategies to grow your online business. Plus, we'll be diving into some mindset tools and strategies that keep you focused, motivated, and are going to stop you from getting in your own way. So if you're a course creator, membership owner, or coach, you are in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Your Dream Business Podcast. How are you doing? So this week I have another interview for you, which as always, I'm very excited about. All the guests at the moment are awesome and brilliant. And lots of them I know personally, which is always lovely. But this one is extra special because not only is this guest a member of my team, also a member of the Exec Club, the mastermind that I have, but she's also a very dear friend. So today I'm speaking to the lovely Becky McAvoy. Now, here's how I read her bio, which I mess it up normally. So let's give it a go. Becky is an award-winning social media marketer who specializes in content strategy and organic growth. And she's an international speaker. She's passionate about helping women-owned businesses to simplify using social media to build their business so that they feel less overwhelmed and can stop feeling like a slave to it. Her mission is to cut through the noise of experts, I won't take it personally, to make social media marketing accessible and easy to understand for businesses that can't afford to outsource or who don't have the team required to implement most of the advice given to them. Welcome to the podcast, Becky McAvoy. Becky, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me.
0: My pleasure. Like, I've just about got through it. I I don't know what's wrong with me at the moment. I keep messing up. Like, this is, it took me two attempts this time. The other day when I did another interview, it took me about four. But you would think after all these episodes, I would be all right with this. But alas, no, it appears I've lost my stride. Anyway, Becky, I've done your brief intro because quite honestly, there's no way I could have read any more than that because it would have been an absolute disaster But let's start by you sharing how you got to do what you do today.
1: Yeah, so uh, as you said, I'm a social media marketer and I've been doing that for about four years now, I think I'm, yeah, about four and a half years Um, and if I'm completely honest, I kind of fell into it by accident, although I think a lot of people sort of start their businesses a little bit like that. But yeah, I had a previous career for about 13 years in higher education policy, engagement and campaigning and I'd worked my way up to... Sorry, say that again.
0: Natural fit. From yeah, that exactly. Um,
1: but the thing was, I did, uh, because I went to quite a small organization, it's one of those things where you're quite hands on with a lot of things. So, you know, you did a bit of marketing, everybody sort of knew what they were doing. So, yeah, so I was doing that. They did it for about 13 years. I loved it. And then I had my children and I still loved it, but it just became very, very hard to juggle the juggle. And cutting the long story short, I basically walked out of my job without another one to go to because I was like no I've had enough of this this is too much I don't know what I want to do but I need to suss out what I want to do and I took about six months off I was very lucky to be able to do so to be a stay-at-home mum with my little girl and my little boy who had just started school and yeah I one of my friends was running her own business and she was looking for some help and I was like I can help you if you want um and she only wanted some admin help but it was with her social media So I started doing bits and pieces of it. And when I laughed earlier, when you said about the natural fit, because I wouldn't have said it was a natural fit, but because of the previous job that I'd had, she only wanted me to do the admin, but I started to say, well, you could do this and you could do that. And actually, if we started doing this, we could do this and, you know, around campaigns, engagement and whatever. Anyway, we started doing it all and I absolutely loved it. And it was just, you know, a bit of a side hustle. But other local businesses started to notice that her social media had massively improved. And they were like, oh, my God, what have you done? She started speaking to them about me. And she was like, can I recommend you out? And I was like, oh, my God, like it's it's turning into something. I was like, I better take this seriously. So, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then... Six months later, we, no, I, I don't even think it was six months later, but we went into lockdown, the first lockdown of the many. And it kind of fell by the wayside again, because obviously I was homeschooling. And I think it was around that time, or it was as we were coming out of the first lockdown, that I started to think, right, I need to actually start to get some things in place. And I started to invest in things which I'd never done before. And that's when I came into your world.
0: Too. And it was and, happening yeah. ever after.
1: It was. And it's kind of one of those where it's like, As they say, the rest is history. It's kind of grown over that time. I don't do as much done for you stuff now. I now have a membership. I do much more coaching and strategy stuff with the support of an amazing business coach. So (laughs) So, yeah, that's kind of been a, yeah. And it's kind of been a bit of a rapid growth really in a lot of ways. Um, But I absolutely love it. And I love working, as you said at the beginning, just with with women-owned businesses. I love helping them cut through the noise because so much of the advice is so inaccessible. And I love using the skills that I didn't know I had from my 13, 14 years working in Mm. campaign and engagement policy, or didn't know, I guess I knew I had the skills, but didn't know how transferable they were into running Mm. a business. And yeah, now I am where I am today. (laughs)
0: Amazing. And one of the things that I love about what you've created is that you, when you came into my world, you'd been in a world where it bef- after the work where basically it was like you should be charging this you should be doing this you should be doing the other and becky is a very strong character anyway so she was always going to like butt up against those ideals and um, which lots of people don't lots of people take them as red and go oh god i'm doing it all wrong whereas you didn't do that however that has been present throughout your entire journey in terms of no what is important to me what do i want even literally up until. A couple of weeks back when you wanted to make a decision and everybody else is like, no, no, don't make that decision. And you're like, no, actually I'm listening to me and this is the right decision. So I really love that that's been in the forefront of you and your business, but also that you've created something. And there have been times obviously when it hasn't worked, but you have generally created something where you've got your children. Becky is like one of the best mums I know. Like I'm not, and I don't say that flippantly. You make it work around your children and that was the whole point you in you having a business wasn't it
1: yeah 100% and I think just learning I, I was stopping myself then going when you said she's the best mom I know I go no I'm not
0: no honestly <laughs> me thank you um, yes just say thank you that's something yeah. we're learning thank you <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it is and it does sound very cliche to say oh I do it all for my children and I mean those that know me that I do do it all for my mm. children but it's also about the life that that I want as well and I think one of my biggest sort of learning curves since i left my job probably when i've done a lot of work on myself is that actually i can make a decision and if a month later that decision isn't working to me i can make another decision right. so it's not always about like you said like it's i will stand up sort of make the decisions based about what i want and regularly kind of check in with myself to go actually do i still want that and that's why i love working with you because sometimes i can well, as everyone can go a bit flippantly, I don't want this anymore. But yeah. actually...
0: Hey, Becky, every yeah, other day. Like,
1: <laughs> I do know, that's just a bad day. But, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes those bad days are bad. Do you know what I mean? There's a reason um, we feel like that?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. But I do, I do feel... Well, as a, I've used the word lucky earlier and you well know that I don't like the word lucky. I do feel very blessed to be in a position where I have been able to use my skills. I have been able to set up this thing that I want and I have got... support around me, because you know, you say a lot that I'm very kind in the credit I give to you in terms of where I've got to today, because I know that I need to have done the work. It wouldn't have happened if I hadn't done the work. But also I do feel very blessed that like that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't invested in sort of the support and the help and the community and all of those different things. So yeah, I just I do just feel incredibly blessed to have been able to create the business that I want and like you said, even up to a couple of weeks ago, go no, I'm changing that again. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, and I think in my life. There's a the, it's interesting because everything we say always has kind of two sides, and and sometimes making and I'm going to use the word rash decisions, though it wasn't a rash decision, but making a decision of no, I don't want to do that, or yeah, I want to do this, or I'm going to change over here, I'm going to do this thing. Like the difference when Becky does it is she brings her back herself to herself and goes, is this fitting with everything? It's not just like. Chasing a shiny object. It's not just doing something new or saying something no because actually you can't be bothered. Like it it always comes back to: is this aligned with me? Is this where I want to be? Is this fitting with my goals? Do I genuinely want this? And that is in itself is a task to do that because lots of us just travel through this speed of business. And I did for years of like, yeah, fine, yeah, no, do this, do that, and then end up with something that we hate. Whereas you've been really purposeful, which is awesome, you know, regardless of the outcome. And that's given you confidence when, when you talk about the business that you've created, because the business you've created is not one that maybe someone else would want, you know, but you are really strong and powerful about being able to say, but this is what I want.
1: Yeah. And I think I often find as well, as much as my decisions, and I've learned this actually probably in the last six months or so, they seem like they're impulsive, but actually They've been brewing for a while because, for example, like we'll have done half day sessions or whatever, where something's been triggered, sometimes even in my subconscious, probably without me realising. It's a bit like with the membership I launched last year and we laugh that like I had an idea and then
0: two weeks, well, the following day, I just something up. And to make matters even more interesting, is I wasn't even in the country, and I'm like waking up every morning, and there's this whole, and I'm like, what the, what the, what the, like, is going on? I don't know what are you doing?
1: It's, but actually, realistically, with that, I've been thinking for a while. I wanted to free myself up to give more, myself more time, do less done for you work. I like the idea of a membership. I like the idea of helping more people. I just couldn't get what that looked like. Like it just wasn't quite. Like I couldn't get what that membership looked like. And then it was, it was because I was on a co-working session with other people from Exec Club. Um, And we'd had a coaching call like a few days before where you'd said something to me actually about my framework. And all of a sudden it just sort of fell into place and then I did it very rapidly. So I think often to other people it can seem like I do think, you know, like I'm a reaction taker, really impulsive. But often it's come from a stream of thoughts whether it's through working with you or just conversations I've had like elsewhere but that's the joy of having your own business isn't it that like I mean, it is
0: yeah like and you're the one who's going to have to have the responsibility of that as in like you know it's like the whole you make your bed you lie in it like that and and when we've had conversations and we literally just had a conversation a matter of like days ago in terms of this recent change it was a case of like, as long as you're doing it and it took ages to find the work, didn't it? Because neither of us could think what it was, but it was like, as long as you're doing it consciously, you're not just doing it from a gut reaction. Although gut is sometimes something we need to listen to, but you're not just doing it because you're not in a great mood that day, or you don't feel very happy that day, or something's great that day. So suddenly it's like, well, now I'm going to do this. Like it wasn't coming from that. It was coming from a conscious decision to go, but it had consequences. And you have to weigh those consequences up because you're the only one who's going to have to deal with that. You know, everyone can give their opinion. Everyone can give their thought. But actually, if you, you're the one who's got to do it. Like if you decide, I don't want to work with that person, I'm not going to take that money. Then you're the one who's either going to find the money or be okay without the money. Or if someone goes, I am going to work with that person. I am going to do that. That's cool. Great. You've earned that money. But this is how your life will look. And I think we don't talk enough about that. We see the shiny headlines of six figures or I do this or I do that. Like we see all that. It's like I sometimes joke and feel a bit smug about my morning routine, but I get up at 6am to do it. Like I could stay in bed till easily eight, nine most days. Cause I don't often have calls that early, but I could, but I yeah. don't. I make the decision to do that. So everything, every decision we make, yes, it's great to have people to, to have a sounding board, but we've always got to come back to ourselves and we've got to. We've just got to kind of be okay with whatever those consequences might be yeah. either way.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's why I hate the word lucky so much because we're yeah. not lucky. We've made, we have, we absolutely have mm. lots of different privileges, but more often than not, the people that are calling me lucky also have the same privileges. Which yes. Is, yeah. Like, they, yeah, exactly. By it. Uh, but we, we work hard and we make choices and sometimes we make really hard choices. And like you said earlier, sometimes those choices don't go to plan and you learn from it. But, you know, like I made a choice to invest in myself a couple of years ago by joining your world, by doing various different other things. And I think one of the reasons I find it easier to make those decisions now is because I know my values, I know my North Star and I know them really, really well because Mm -hmm. we've done them four or five times and gone back and revisited them and gone, actually, no, I don't want that in there anymore. This is changing. But yeah, I know my values. I know my North Star. I know my purpose. I know my personal mission statement and Mm -hmm. all these things that people sort of see as luxuries. But actually, well, I think it was last year at some point, we both sort of said, like, as probably I, like, I because I'm not a decisive person, and that's what I didn't have before I came into your world. It was a lot of like the mindset mm-hmm. side of it, which obviously you talk a lot. But it's like actually I can make that because when I was trying to make that decision the other day, I looked. I actually looked at my personal mission statement and went, "No, that's what you want. Yeah. Like that's why you're doing this." And yeah, it's going to be really hard to make this choice and face the consequences that go with it. Yeah, but you're taking yourself towards or further towards what you want. So. So, yeah, yeah that, that is love why. That. And, that, and that is why I give so much credit to you, because, yes, I had to do the work. I actually had to create the values and create the personal mission statement. But that was missing, I think, from mm-hmm. anything I'd ever done before. like All the experience I had in management, strategy, engagement, etc. I could do that with my eyes closed, but it was
0: that sort of mindset side and- of it. And often, I don't know whether you find this, and we're going down a whole route here that we weren't planning on going, but this is interesting. Talking about I made it Which is ace, just send the whole podcast talking about me. Thank you very much. No, we will get onto to you, I promise. But I don't know if you find this, but in corporate world, and whenever I worked, well, every job I ever did up until the point I left and started my business, the focus was never about you as an individual. It was always about the values and the mission and the direction of the business. And and therefore we were never taught to go no, what, what do I want? Like, what yeah. makes me happy? What How do I want my life to look? Because it was very much a, when you're employed, you only get slithers of your life to actually decide how you want it to look because the rest of the time you're in a job. But yeah, I love that. I was going to say something else that you said as well. And it's, oh yeah, we. I remember Becky saying to me that one of the first episodes she ever heard, and it fits nicely in what we're talking about, is the season of life or an episode where I talk about seasons of life and making sure that your business and you align with where you are. So there's no point Becky being like, right, I'm going to get up at 6 a.m., I'm going to do morning tea, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to have like a nice brunch with friends. Then I'm going to do this. Like Becky's got two young children who need to get to school. It would be a problem if they didn't. Like, so, so it, again, the reason why we repeat things and the reason why it's so good and the reason why you are where you are and other people aren't where they are. is because they do the exercise once and they go, yeah, done now. And it's yeah. like, no, it no, changes. You that, work on it constantly. And that's really frustrating.
1: Yeah. But I remember listening to that podcast episode, because obviously, you know, we are very good friends now and talk a lot. And that feels like a million years ago almost, but yeah. it was actually only a couple of years ago, maybe. Yeah. that. But I remember listening to that because I remember you saying you had a chef and I was like, oh my God, this woman's got a chef. <laughs> it's incredible She's like, that is mm. your life goals but i love the fact that you were talking about sort of your life which was totally different from the state in the stage of life that i was in but i listened to it and i was like but she also gets that yeah like because it was about the whole seasons of life and i didn't mention earlier because i could be here all day so i whistle stopped through you know and then i left my job but actually i went through a really traumatic time like that's why i left my job because i went through a really traumatic time which i was written blogs about and I share on my socials and whatever and, and I spoke about this on the half day session yesterday actually because you were asking wasn't it, if we had self-integrity to ourselves mm-hmm. and I felt yeah. a bit because lots of people said no and I was a bit like oh god don't be that person that's like yes
0: I yes, have but hand <laughs> up use the arm get the hand up I have miss I have let's just quickly <laughs> say one second when I said do you have self-integrity loads of people went yes 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 and then someone said and jumped ahead of me well what do you mean by self-integrity and then I said you do what you say you're going to do for yourself, and that's why lots of people said no because we we don't. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But I don't want you to think like everyone's no got integrity. Everyone else is really horrible and has no integrity. Like they. I'm treat a very moral like, person. Dirt. The shining light of the executive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the only moral one in there. But,
1: yeah, no, it was self-integrity to yourself. But I actually said on that half day, didn't I? I was like, I just, I almost want to clarify how hard it was yeah. to get to the point where I have got. That self-integrity to myself because I've you know I had therapy after everything was really difficult. I've had life coaching. I've invested now for almost two years with the coaching from you. I'm constantly doing work on mindset stuff, and it is yeah. constant yeah. because it's like you do constantly have to check yourself. So yeah, and again, yeah, like never... I do feel very blessed that I get to live the life I do and make those decisions to go. No, nope, don't like that. So yeah. I'm gonna
0: yeah. Enjoy. I love that. I love that and. And I don't want that to put people off and they'll go, oh my God, I've got this forever because it gets easier. It gets different. It gets like, and Becky's in a, in a season at the moment where she's got her two young children, there's going to come a point where they get older and her season starts to change or her priorities change. And therefore that's when it's good to do some of those exercises again, or something might come and punch her in the face tomorrow that she's not expecting. And again, she can pull out those tools. I hope it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that please I don't want yeah, to I'm excited,
1: really like the values all that it's kind of a once a year thing isn't it it's a check-in yeah. on yourself yeah uh, but it, the point is that you do check back in on yourself uh, it's and, not like every other day we're going no. right what are our values you know yeah
0: actually I've got no time for work because I'm too busy doing mindset stuff 24 <laughs> and, 7 and I think people don't see the value of it because they don't get an instant reaction they don't get an instant and and you're a great example and I'm the same in terms of You don't see what this has done until you're much further down the line. And then you go, oh, wow, look at how I've changed. Look at how I deal with things. Look at how I look at what I've created that I didn't think I'd create. Like, that's when you start to see it. But trying to get people over that kind of hurdle in the first place to go, this is why you want to start is really, really tricky.
1: Yeah, and just sorry, the final thing I will say on that, and I said this to you last year, because I think sometimes people look at it and go, oh, and now they're just sailing through Mm -hmm. business. It's like, not at all. Like, I've cried over a voice note to you relatively regularly, having done, you know, stuff goes wrong, stuff gets hard. But I said to you last year, it's like, oh, my God, like, I picked myself up out of that after, like, a day rather than wallowing in it for a month and then never getting back on track with it. Yeah, And it's actually... Like And I talk about it a so lot. Like my stage of life now, like as I'm approaching
0: 40. <laughs> it's when I'm over 40, I don't know why I'm doing
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> approaching 40, got young kids, you know, family. Like it's always going to be hard and the point and stuff will be hard. And, you know, you will get upset. You, it, you will find it difficult. You have to make difficult choices, but it's how long you stay there, isn't it? And I think yeah. that's the biggest change for me is I don't stay in those places for very long. I have the moment mm. and then come yeah. out of it quicker.
0: And in a few weeks time, I've recorded a session with Alish, and we talk about this. We talk about the fact of there is no wrong or bad emotion. There is no wrong or bad feeling. It's just being able to process those feelings and being able to move through it quicker. And that, and it not disabling you like, yeah. and we've all had those moments where something's happened. Like, you know, if a launch isn't going very well, or if a sale isn't going very well, and then you literally just want to throw the whole thing out and go, yeah, no, I'm not doing that anymore because one thing didn't go well. Instead of going, okay, that didn't go well. Stand back up again. What can we do? So, but we're here to talk about you. (laughs) Now we're nearly done. Thank you, Becky. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) So Becky has, when she created her membership, one of the things that came before the membership was that Becky had created a, a framework and she wanted to be able to teach this framework and the membership was just a great platform in which to teach it in so i wanted becky to talk through this framework because even though there are and both of us have been in the social media world there are lots of social media people actually becky's take on it is very very different so becky tell us what your framework is tell us what it stands for
1: yeah so the framework um i created came from a place of frustration again of seeing a lot of the noise on social media telling well because of my audience like small business owners how to do their socials and i just look at it and go i can't even do that So, well, I mean, I can do it if I had the team, but let alone someone that doesn't have the knowledge of social media marketing. And I wanted to create something that was quite accessible. Um, So I came up with the BOSS framework and it was one of those a little bit where, um, you know, you kind of know what you want it to incorporate and you're like, can that make a word? (laughs) Oh, I've been there (laughs) and done that. (laughs) um, and so I just basically brainstormed a lot of things down to like, right, okay, what do they need to know, like, what are the key things they need to cover um, in their social media? And it came up with the BOSS framework. Um, and I even went backwards and forwards on what some of the letters meant, because... Mm-hmm. That there was important stuff in there that I didn't necessarily include in it because it could fit in other places. But anyway, unsurprisingly, the word boss stands for, each of the letters stands for something, you know, very revolutionary. You know, be yeah. really creative. No one's ever about.
0: done that before. But, yeah. Like, we all do <laughs> so, it. Everybody, it's brilliant.
1: Um, But yeah, and I suppose one of the, so the B stands for boundaries in place. And I remember talking to you about this as I was putting the framework together mm-hmm. and I was sort of like soundboarding it through a couple of people to see what they thought. And I remember you saying like, I completely get where you're coming from with boundaries in place, but I'm not sure, you yeah, know, yeah. like from a marketing perspective, etc. And I had a conversation with you. I was like, no, that's the point. Like no one else does talk about this. They do yeah. as part of an awareness day, or they do as sort of like a tokenistic uh, social media post or whatever, but nobody that I see meaningfully talks about boundaries and puts it front and center mm. of saying this is really important. So yeah, the B stands for boundaries in place, which I can go through a little bit in a moment. Yeah. Um, The O stands for optimize for engagement. The first S stands for show off. And the fourth S stands for sell often. And basically those four strands are how you can sort of show up and be heard on social media about the overwhelm, making sure you're covering all the aspects you need to, to be able to sell, to be able to get more engagement, all that kind of stuff. And the idea is that when you're creating posts, they should fit into one of those, taking the B out of it for a second because that's a separate part with the boundaries, but they should fit into one of those areas. So the post should either optimize for engagement, which I can explain through a bit in a minute. It should either show off your skills, your expertise, why you're the best, why you're brilliant, or it should be selling. And I added the word often because it's not, you should be selling way more than you feel comfortable with. And it's really interesting because what I've found is most people... Well, I don't know. It can be different for lots of people, but it's like they were creating really nice posts and probably fitting nicely into the sort of optimised for engagement, trying to get people to like and comment and all that kind of stuff. But what people weren't doing is showing off. And it's the one that people feel most uncomfortable about, especially, I think, because I work with women and women don't like to show off. And I have a big thing about encouraging and empowering people to unapologetically show off why they're the best and that it's not showing it like it's show off because it kind of fits in with the s and i think it fits in with sort of my brand in terms of the language but actually if it's true you're not showing off you're just yeah. telling the fact, fact about yourself. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. and it's really important when we are businesses that we do go out and say this is why i'm brilliant this is why i'm the best this is why you should choose me and then like i said the sell often was the if you're not selling on social media you've just got a really expensive hobby not a business and so, you need to be constantly telling people what, well, even if you're at capacity, even if you're, you know, you're fully booked up, like whatever, you should still be selling often on social media. Now, that's not always about selling your product or selling something for a service or an exchange of money. It could be sending people. Basically, the idea of it is you're sending somebody to do something else and yes. generally it's click a link. So, to go and yeah. read a, or to listen to a podcast, which. You know, if you've got all your sales funnels in place, that blog then leads to it, like signing up your emails and then that leads to the sale, et cetera, which is kind of where the selling comes in. So, yeah, so that was the, the boss framework. And like I said, I came up with that because I was frustrated and it was you who tasked me. You were like, well, do something about it then. Yeah. Like come up with something and teach it. And it was as I started to put that into place, it started clicking in my place of like, oh, I could help people like this. I could help people like this. So I do offer it. And actually you can download my workshop on it at the moment, although it's like a saved one from a live recording. Um, But I go through exactly what that
0: means. And then the boundaries in place just to cover that really quickly. So the first two, obviously the second, the last two kind of make sense. And and I think you've covered off the briefly and I think people could get that. But let's talk about the first two. So the boundaries in place, what do you mean by that? So boundaries in
1: place. And again, this will be different no matter... Like, whoever you are, this will be different because it's very individual. But just having boundaries in place on your social media. So, I speak to it, for example, the examples I give is set yourself working out. So, I speak to people yeah. that are like, oh, social media is so overwhelming. I have to be on 24 seven. People message me all the time. And it's like, well, a boundary that you could have in place is that I have in place actually. I answer my messages between nine and half past 10 in the morning. And that's when I answer my messages. If a message comes in outside of that, I might reply to it if I happen to be on social media. But like I set that expectation with my audience to say, if he's messaged me outside of that time, I will reply to you Monday to Friday that following day. And I did have for a while, although I've taken it off, an auto response that said that saying you might see me active on my stories. You might see me live. You might see me doing something else on social media. I love social media, but I'm not answering my messages at that point. And for me, and again, this kind of comes back, which is why it was good. We had that conversation. It's getting strong in yourself, basically. If somebody gets really annoyed with me for that, that's a huge red flag to me. Yeah, I I don't want to, you're not my kind of person anyway. And you're not having to wait really outside of weekends, more than 24 hours for a reply. Or it could be, I talk a lot about curating your feed. So a bit of a pet peeve of mine is when people go, hey, Instagram, it just makes me feel terrible. And it's like, well, you're choosing Like you're curating what you want to see. Yeah. So I give tips around, for example, you know, like you could, well, I very often say, and I know you say this a lot as well, mute and unfollow to your heart's desire because you don't want to see it. And it's not even that it always triggers a negative emotion. It could just trigger something you just don't want to feel.
0: or or If it distracts me from a business reason that I suddenly think, oh, should I be doing that? Or, oh, no, they're doing that, so I shouldn't do it. Like, whatever the reason... If it stops me, then no.
1: Yeah, you know, it sends me down a rabbit hole because all of a sudden I've looked at five other things because that's made me think about this. So I have a safe collection in my Instagram safe collections of muted accounts, so I know who they are. And if I want to go and check them out, I can, but I'm never going to see them on my feed because I don't want to see them on my feed. But lots of them, like I said, some of them are people I like. Like like I said, it's not all like, oh, I hate that person. It's just for my own boundaries. And that can change as to what I want to see. I also, for example, say you don't need to spend more than 10 to 15 minutes a day engaging. So my routine, that's a boundary for me. I go on as part of my start of the day routine for 15 minutes in the morning. I post a story. I do my reactive engagement in terms of replying to DMs and replying to comments. And then I'll do my proactive engagement, which is, you know, pro- going out and proactively yeah. engaging with other people. But I do that again via safe collections so that I'm not doing it from my feed, because if I'm doing it from my feed, I fall down a rabbit hole. And then all of a sudden I've spent an hour and a half on there. Whereas it's amazing how long 15 minutes is when you're just going through. So for example, i have collections of people in the dream business club, people in the bossy socials club, um, people who are business to business, people who engage with my content regularly. So I can make sure I engage Mm. with them.
0: And I always hate explaining this because it makes it sound a bit like I'm being very, no, it's it's not. Yeah, It is strategic. And to be honest, because I now only have one Instagram account. I used to have a personal one and then my my one now, but because I can't be bothered to log into two, my feed is full of like uh, plants, gardening, (laughs) food. I get a lot of dogs, a lot of dogs being shown to me, which is weird because I don't particularly like my own at the moment. But the thing is, I would need to make sure... Because the stuff I'm engaging with is stuff I personally love. So yeah. I would need to, and I don't think that sounds like you're being harsh. I think that sounds like you're being very considerate. You're thinking, yeah. "Have I haven't seen a post from so-and-so. Let me purposely make sure yeah. I'm going to see their content. You're not relying on the algorithm.
1: Yeah, and it's not like, because like the, one of the things I hate is like, oh, it's a hack the algorithm. It's not a hack the algorithm. It is just a, this is how I want to spend my time. This is who I want to make sure I see. And this is also, in some instances, where I'm going to get the best results Mm. From my time spent on engagement, so yeah and I, you know, I could go through tons of features that yeah. Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook have to be able to do this, and they really have got a ton of features mm. to help you have boundaries in place. It's just knowing what they are, and that's a lot of what I teach through um the bossy social stuff. But that's just a couple of examples, like I said, of yeah, boundaries that I've got to help me manage my time. And because as well, it's like it's not that like I, could, I could sit on Instagram all day and have a lovely scroll through, and yeah, 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 and. Yeah. Um, but I have to limit it
0: otherwise I don't do anything else so yeah so um, so that's the boundary I had a message last night and we know because you spoke to this person yesterday and it was a personal message she was telling me she's she's a travel agent or she's become a travel agent and and she's helping me with the next trip and she sent Liz messages and I hadn't replied to them all day and I got in bed I replied to her voice messages and at the end of them I said just so you know, if I don't reply until tomorrow, it's because I've normally put my phone down by now. Because basically I go up to bed. (laughs) People will think I'm mad. And at that point, I plug my phone in, turn it face down and put it on the floor. So I don't look at my phone. And she messaged me this morning going, can I just say, I wish I had your boundaries. And it's like, And and it just came from a routine into a habit into a, actually, that's probably a really good thing. But sometimes we have to be really strategic about going, this is what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the things I get people to do is go, right. Okay. Why do you hate it? Like Instagram, mm. for example, Like Instagram, I do, I work across other platforms as well, but Instagram is my main platform. Why do you hate it? And they'll reel off four or five reasons. I'm like, okay, so let's look at some boundaries you can put in place to, you don't have to love it but to make it a bit more enjoyable or just to hate it less because you do need it for your business. It does help you um, with what you're doing. Um, And it will be like working hours is the prime one and it's such a, like, I have to check myself sometimes because I can fall into it going, oh, no, I need to reply because I'm really busy. And I, like you know, because you've shared it before, I have a, a post that I love and I share quite regularly about stop glorifying being busy. Yeah. It doesn't make you more successful. It doesn't make you cool. It doesn't make you impressive. It just makes you busy. Yeah. Uh, and I have to be really strict with myself of going at the end of that 15 minutes going, I'm moving on to the next thing. Yeah. And I did laugh yesterday in a half day session because someone said, I'm going to plan my time out. I was like, yeah, I did all that last year. Now I'm going to actually do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's many steps to to the whole boundaries thing. It's like setting the intention, creating the boundaries, one thing, actually follow through and doing it is an entirely different thing. And I think
1: just as a first step, just finding out like what you want your boundaries to be and how some of the features on those platforms can help you, whether you stick to them religiously, is a different thing, but it's it is the like first small step you can take in that journey. And I am really passionate about encouraging people to do it because I am a mum of two young kids and I am really busy and I've been that person who burned out. Like I've been there and done it. And I don't ever want anyone to fit not in business to be fair, but in my previous employee career, I don't ever want anyone to feel like I did again. And I think I know now and I never want to be that person who goes, You'll be like me. But it's... <laughs> look at my life, how perfect think- it is. But I think I just look at that and go, well, no, because that's negative talk to yourself, isn't it? But it's like, God, you're an idiot. You didn't have to do yeah. any of that. You did that to yourself. Like mm. that
0: was a, and you did that through the choices you made. Um, and, and we have a choice. And, and you know, I talked about this yesterday. We always have a choice. And if we don't think we have a choice, we feel like we're pinned in a corner and we resent it. We hate it. We fight. We, as you would, but we always do have a choice. It's whether we choose, and it's not always an easy choice, but we do have a choice to make. But the other thing that makes up because I'm sat here, like thinking about my phone is often turned down on my desk, so I don't look at it, but then I have all the notifications up and I do all the things, but then sometimes I'm really good and I will mute everything and just crack on. And and I was thinking to myself as you were talking, you know, well, some of these things are so like, everyone's like, yeah, we've heard, not what you were saying, but in terms of like how yeah. you manage your time, we've heard them, we've done, but actually are you doing them? Yeah. And like 99% of us could probably go, no, because we know yeah. that when we do do them, they actually work. It's annoying that they work. So we don't want them to, well, we do, but we don't, but we have to actually do these things. So like you said, it's about going, Okay, I hate social media. I don't, FYI. But someone's saying to you, "I hate social media." Well, do something about that then.
1: Yeah, like
0: don't keep scrolling your feed, going, "Oh, that's annoying," and they're annoying me. Well, mute them. Like, shush them up. Like, stop looking at it.
1: You know, or do something about it, or just don't use it. Then, like, if you hate it that much, don't use it. But if you're, if you, and most, in most instances, it is helpful to have a social media presence. Then do something about it. And I will say, like, I'm not like sat here as little as per- Like I don't stick to those boundaries every single day. Sometimes I don't do the 15 minutes. Sometimes it's longer, sometimes whatever. Because nobody's perfect, but it's the, I always get this the wrong way around. It's the exception that I resent it rather than yeah. the rule that I resent yeah. it. Yeah. And sometimes it changes because
0: of what I've got going on, you know, like at that time. And that's just but, being flexible. That's, Yeah, you know, exactly. G- and but, and forgiving yourself for that.
1: Yeah. And it's not a set in stone if you don't do it, you know, like everything goes to pot yeah like it is just and i think that's why the first step is knowing what you want your boundaries to be um and and knowing what the features are which is where a lot of people struggle because obviously like i'm on the platform like a lot and i know a lot of the different features i sent out an email yesterday about some changes and generally people won't know what the features yeah. are so it is and that's one of the things i sort of teach through the bossy socials um, is like actually, these features are here and this can help you. And sometimes it's the simplest thing, but someone like, will Oh my God, like yeah. that's amazing. Like, and the yeah. people, especially my best tip is that collections one. People are like, oh God, yeah. I can't believe I never thought of that. So I just mm-hmm. don't even look at your feeds
0: unless you yeah. are mindlessly might- scrolling. Yeah. And you want to. And that's fine. If you're choosing to do that because I'm sat at home and there's nothing on the TV and I think I'll just have a look at like recipes on Instagram, yeah. absolutely fine. But it's when you're using that as an excuse. As to why you're not yeah. doing the thing you should be doing,
1: and do one thing at a time, don't try and take it all on because then you won't. And if you're anything like me, if I don't like, I give myself 10 things to do, don't do one of them, I'm like, well, I might as well not do the other, right? Yeah, throw all that out, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it is being kind to yourself and making it realistic for you as well, I think, is the important thing. So I've said 15 minutes a day, Monday to Friday, I do of engagement. And if all you're going to do is the Monday because that's all you can fit around, you know, if you're not on online a lot or you're not you know whatever then just do it on a monday but then you need to be real, you know whatever fits around you it doesn't have to be a monday but it can be whenever you want what fits around you said i had
0: to do a monday <laughs>
1: for eight minutes and 30 yeah. seconds <laughs> um but whatever fits around you but the less you're doing it you do have to be realistic about the impact Mm. that's going to have and just to give an example I fell off the wagon of doing it at the end of last year I'd done it really well for the first three quarters and then I got sick and I just everything went out the window like the the diet my exercise whatever um and my growth really stagnated um and I um was like right you need to do something about it I I generally was growing by about
0: 50 to 100 followers a month which isn't massive numbers no it it is (laughs) though for anybody listening to this I bet they've gone oh wow because yeah, I it, would go, oh, wow. Like, because you know, I don't do the engagement stuff, although Becky kicks my backside on a regular basis. <laughs> um, or I don't do I, it as well as I should do.
1: I say about that, because you see these posts, don't you miss? I grow by 10,000 followers in 30 days. I'd love to know how to do that without yes. spending a shed ton of money. But yeah, I was and growing... a load of fake followers. 50 to 100 followers a month. Um, and then I just stagnated. I think I grew by about like 20 followers over a couple of months because I, I didn't do anything and it was quite nice for me to go oh actually no that does work yeah i'm yeah. right like what i'm teaching and so for a week i spent longer than 15 minutes a day and i did it for 7 days a week and grew by 56 followers in a week now compared to the engagement i'd done and the amount of in- people i'd engaged with it was no like it was way more than 56 but the conversion rate of it was really good and with those people you know i've had conversations with them i started that's where it's authentic is like you're not just following so people follow back yeah. You're following relevant accounts that you then want to engage with yourself as well. Um, So, yeah, so it does work. And I think, but the boundaries being in place to get it done are really important. Um, And someone said to me on one of our, so in the Bossy Socials Club, we have accountability and action sessions. um, And it's basically where you get the work done, like you're held to account and you take action on the work you need to do on your social media. And someone said to me at the end of one of the sessions the other day, I've, she'd been in for a couple of months and she was like, I finally feel like social media isn't a chore and isn't an add-on to my business. I'm not doing it at the end of the day when I finish work. I'm actually bringing it in yeah. my day. And that's her boundary. It's like, right, I'm going to go to these accountability and action sessions and I'm going to get it done.
0: Mm, so yeah, yeah.
1: there's honestly, there's a ton of stuff you can do around boundaries, but what that looks like and what I'd advise that features you use depends on the boundaries you want. So as a first yeah. step, just literally sit down and write a list of why, Social media overwhelms you, or you hate it, or whatever. Yeah. Then think about like a small thing you could put in place to make that different. And feel free to reach out to me and just say, is there a feature
0: that, you know, yeah, love that. Um, The the other thing I wanted to mention before we move on to the optimizing engagement is it's about managing your expectations as well. So, you know, I'll say to Becky, oh, my, it's not growing very fast. And she'll go, I don't want to be a dick, but have you done any engagement? No. No, Becky, I haven't. Right. And it's, you know, and even I have those conversations, but it's like, in terms of expectations of, okay, if you're not going to put these things in place and these things aren't going to happen, it's exactly what we were talking about before. There's consequences for and against for everything that we do. So, yeah. And and it's not saying that one's right and one's bad. Don't do the engagement. That's fine. You don't have to, it's your business, your social media, you do what the hell you want. However, You've just got to expect that you won't grow as big or as fast unless something else random amazingly happens, which we keep our fingers crossed every day. But it's just knowing that actually, so if I do this, I am going to make a better and and a bigger difference over here. If I don't, I'm not. And that's, and I've got to be all right with that, you know? So, and until I get that priority put in my calendar and I do it in a way that works for me... Then I have to be okay with the consequences that I get from not doing it. So yeah,
1: one hundred percent. And also, and I'm sure you won't mind me saying this because it's it made me laugh when you said to me a few weeks ago, I've had loads of replies to like my story. Isn't it like? Isn't it amazing? Like my engagement's really picked up. And I went onto your stories and looked, them, and I was like, well, it's not that surprising. You've asked me a question, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean.
0: It, it, it's worrying that I used to teach this stuff isn't
1: it well no but I think you can like so I do that some like I did it to you yesterday didn't I when I was yeah. like 11 people replied to my email like yeah. made up but obviously at the end of the email I'd said let me know what you think reply, yeah. like I'd asked them to reply yeah. to me and it and is just that that's a real dopamine hit of like oh no this stuff works this yeah. is worth it. you know like it is and it's uh, funny
0: because like I said you know for years, my focus was social media. And then obviously, as time's moved on, I've moved on. So it's not like any of us, you know, you and I talking now, we don't, it's not that we don't know this stuff, but I need the reminder, even though I know. You need yeah. the reminder, even though you know. And it's just that kind of, again, bringing it to the front of your mind and keeping it. And if it's important enough, you're going to put something in place, like join your membership or yeah. come and work with me. If these things are important enough, that's why you take those steps. And at this point you might go, well, it's not important enough. And there might come a point where it does become important enough. But it's just, all I want people to do is, is, you know, do things with a conscious mind of going, okay, I'm not going to be the martyr here and be the victim. And, you know, if Becky comes to me in two weeks time and complains about something that, you know, a decision of hers has made... Like, obviously I'm a nice person. I'm going to be like, yeah, that sucks. But you get to do this in return because you don't do that. Like, so it's just being conscious. Okay. So what do you mean by optimise for engagement?
1: So these are the kind of, but basically they're things to go out and encourage engagement. So it could be doing your proactive engagement, having set time aside to be able to do that. It could be, but in terms of posts and the content that you put out, it's having a purpose for your post. So one of the things I talk about a lot is I see people sort of say, at the, have a call to action on the end of their post. So the thing nudging the person to do something, going, if you like this post, please like, comment, share. You know, like they reel off about 10 different things for the person to do. And it's like, well, firstly, why would I share that? Like you've just put yeah. a picture of yourself up. I'm not going to share that to my stories. Why? Um, <laughs> I thought you'd want to, Becky. And, well, it's, and this is a bit of a, like, this... If This is where it gets a bit harsh, but it is like, well, why would I share that? Yeah. Like, if you've done an introduction post to yourself, why would wh- why you, can. Would you share that? And actually, there could be a reason. It could be like, I'd love to get in front of a new audience. This isn't a great way to do it, but would you share this for me? Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing that. But basically, it's having the purpose of the post and having one purpose of the post. So if you want someone to go and read your blog, the purpose of the post is to go and read the blog and it fits under sell often. If the purpose of the post is to demonstrate your expertise and you want likes for it, for example, that's what you're doing. With Optimize for Engagement, it's thinking about the metrics that encourage engagement. So it's getting people to comment on it, to like it, to share it, to save it. Because, again, engagement isn't always about the visible metrics Mm -hmm. of engagement. So, you know, the algorithm will pick up on, and this is where you can see some of the negative stuff on your feed that you don't necessarily engage with. And you're like, why do I see so much of this? Well, if you read that person's post every time they post, yeah. stop it in the scroll and read it. So it could be, and you're never going to be able to measure that, which is frustrating, but it could be that that's the engagement you're aiming for. You want someone to stop taking the, the information, but basically you're encouraging engagement. So you then think about, right, okay, how do I get or one uh, to get someone to want to do that? Well, for example, crea- creating shareable content is one of the most valuable things you can do because you then get put in front of that person's audience mm. as well. But it's also one of the hardest things to yeah. get people to do. But you know, like there's psychology around sort of like why people will share. So it'll be things like it makes them look good or uh, they're passively aggressively trying to get a message across to yes. somebody. <laughs> I don't know what's saying not saying I do that (laughs) Um, but they will they'll share it if they find it interesting they'll share like I said they'll share it if it makes them look good they'll share it if they want their audience to see what they're putting across and it puts them in a positive light for example so that could be things like really nice quotes or it could be that thing around you know like for example something you might put out like quotes that small business owners really relate to and want their audience to see it as well they might want their clients to see it for example So you've got to think, like, right, I want people... And I always say start with what you're trying to get the person to do. So if you want them to share it, the image, the caption, everything around it needs to be written and designed in mind with someone wanting to share yeah. it. So, for example, with your content, where I do your content, mm-hmm. I, much to your dismay sometimes, do not always put a picture of you on it. Because- <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. Um, then,
0: well, the thing is, though, I... I'd said to Becky, like, I have a ton of photos, which is awesome in one way because it's like, you know, I've got a lot of options. But then I said to Becky, I don't want to approve the photos that she picks because I haven't, I haven't got the time or I can't be bothered or whatever the reason is. But I'm like, yeah, just put anything. And then she'll put a picture. I'm like, oh god, why did you put that? One? <laughs> I hate that one. But yeah, it's. My I
1: have to fun. keep slowly waving a folder of don't use that again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll not be very happy with that one. Uh, but all jokes aside on that, someone is less likely to share, for example, a quote or an inspirational post if it's got a picture of you or me or whoever's yeah. created that post yeah, on it. Because they want it to look like it's come from them. So it's yeah. that's what I mean about the image. And we had a conversation the other day, didn't we, about I did this because it will encourage this reaction or this action from the person that we're trying to trying to reach. It could be comments, and that's as simple as just ask someone. Like tell people what you want them to do. They're not mind readers. Mm. So if you've done a post and you want to know what people think, at the end of the post say, I'd love to know what you yeah. think. Yes. <laughs> Definitely yeah. know in yeah. the yeah. comments. So it's that kind of thing. Basically, you're trying, you're optimizing your page for engagement. And what I do with the Boss Frame, so with the uh, membership, they get a content plan and generally the ideas will, it will make sure that each of those are covered throughout the week and throughout the month like there's there's actual strategy behind the content plan that I put together that it's like Crazy. actually while selling often is important if you want engagement you can fit this bit into here um and I use Asana I mean there's many project management tools but I use and love Asana and I teach my membership about how to use Asana for content creation because there's ways of then sort of filtering down your content to go right how much am I selling how much am I Mm Optimise engagement, how much am I showing off? And I even do this when I'm creating my own socials and surprise myself by going, oh my God, I'm literally just selling. I need to add in, you know, like some different bits as well. So it just helps you sort of sense check sort of what you're putting out there as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and the optimised engagement ones are the most rewarding because
0: they're the ones that you get the sort of dopamine hit from people and, they and sometimes becky sees these things because she's in my account and sometimes obviously she's not just sat looking at my account 24 7 i mean i can't believe why not but i put up a plan the i have this our place always pan and i had seen it like they advertised to me forever and i'm really sorry now the chances of you lot listening to this podcast i'm <laughs> probably going to set some wheels in motion for you all to get ads for it but there's this always pan and I've seen it for ages, and I thought, oh, that looks really good. It looks a little bit too true, like good to be, you know, true. And anyway, eventually, I saw a couple of people that I actually know have one of these pans and talk about it, and be like, it's awesome, and not from an affiliate or anything point of view, just happened to mention it. So it's like, do you know what? I'm going to treat myself to one at Christmas. So I bought myself one, and I put a picture up on stories and said, uh, bought myself one of these pans. I feel like an influencer. The amount of responses I had to do with a pan was unflipping believable. And I think, and obviously you can talk around this, but like sometimes we think if we put a post about, oh my God, I did a blog and we're waiting for all these people to be like, amazing. And no one does. And we're like completely disheartened. And then you put an Instagram story of a pan up and they all go crazy. Engagement's engagement.
1: Yeah. And you don't know what, you know, like the, and that's why it's good to optimize for engagement because People are engaging with that and it's telling the algorithm, I use a really simplistic way of describing the algorithm, but it's telling the algorithm that people like your content. So they're more likely to see that blog post because you'll be pushed up their feed or along their storyline or or what. And they might not tell you they've gone and read the blog, but you don't know that they've gone and read it or you don't know that they've gone, oh, that looks interesting. And then it builds up over time. I had someone message me the other day. I haven't told you this yet, actually. I had someone message me the other day saying, who I've never really spoken to, I've had like a couple of conversations with over dm probably followed each other for four or five months and she messaged me and said i'm hosting this retreat and i'd really love you to come and be a guest speaker in i love your energy i love your vibe and uh, she'd never applied to my stories or told me that she'd been like looking at that stuff and That's i had that amazing. last year as well with the talk that i did last year and somebody got in contact with me who'd followed me for nearly two years and said, i just love your energy i love your vibe and i was like i don't even know who you are. like that which i all, all, and I did sort of know who they were but not through conversations but you don't know unfortunately it is a bit of a long term game you don't it's
0: good yeah. but no, you have like, to have faith isn't, like yeah. that it's happening you know it's that analogy that I occasionally say about planting a seed and you yeah. have to do all the things that the seed wants you to do you have to water it you have to yeah. like my. Pepper plants are under and my chili plants are under the grow, like now they're on the heat map. I'm doing all yeah. the things in hope that it comes up, in hope that it grows, in hope that it actually gives me chili peppers. Like that's what you've got to do. And marketing is and social yeah. media are and the same. That's the
1: last thing I'll say on the optimize for engagement. And that's like the great thing about platforms like Instagram, Facebook. And you can do this on LinkedIn to an extent, but with stories, it really helps you put that personal side across. Because I think if you do, if I'd have gone on your page and gone, how she posted a picture of her pant? Like to your grid? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> because I always say your grid and your posts are like your shot window. Yeah. So it's what people come across and see and you make them... I've got a blog written on a mindset shift for enjoying Instagram more and stop hating it. And it is about treating it like a real life shop. You've got your shop window that makes mm-hmm. people want to come in. It shows you, you know, like it gives you brand off, it gives you buy off, whatever. And then your stories are like the inside the shop experience. And it's like, you know, if you had a real life shop, and you just bought that pan, And knowing you, you probably would go, just bought this amazing plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am actually, no, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, but you'd say hello, you talk to people, you'd engage with them. And that's another element of optimising for engagement. Make sure you share your post stories and then go on and share something, you know, I say, talk about talky stories a lot. It's brilliant if you do that. Not everyone's confident to you that straight off the bat. But for example, if I've shared a post about something specific, I'll go almost share it to my store. No, I'll go on my stories. I'll talk and say, I've got a post over on the grid about this. This is why i put it up, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to share it in the next post. Go check it out. And you're optimizing for engagement because you haven't just put it out there and left it. You've sort of mm-hmm. you've tied it into your stories as well. Yeah yeah um yeah and then when you do all three of those together with the boundaries in place as well means that you've got an approach to social media that helps you market your business on social media without the overwhelm and the like seething resentment towards it
0: i love it becky what an amazing way to wrap up that whole thing just perfect so before we go i want to share something with you (laughs) which i'm tempted not to share with becky because she will hit me around the head with it so Becky forever has been trying to get me to do more reels and I really like, I know I need to, I know I should, I just have like a bit of a mental block, which I'm trying to get over. But the other day, because I like, I read a book on ultra processed food, which I've told Becky about, and I've told her not to read it because she's a parent and she doesn't need any more guilt on her. And my season of life is very different and I grow my own veg and all this jazz. So anyway, I read this book and I now only eat very good, not processed food. So I was going on Instagram to find like vegan gluten-free, right? Not that I am vegan, but I just thought I wanted to see what options there were because it'd be nice to bring in like one or two days a week where I'm just vegan and I am gluten-free anyway. And I went to all these accounts and if they didn't have any reels, I was like, oh no, I'm not following you. If it's didn't have a reel, no, I'm not following you. All I wanted is reels. So and I was like, oh Yeah. I get it now. But,
1: well, yeah, and it's it's that kind of thing, isn't it? Of like, what would make you share something? What would make you do something? Yeah. What would you follow and think about that? But I also think it is an appointment, like a, a, an appointment, important to say, you know, you didn't, you were, you had a real block of reels for a long time, and as much as I have gently every now and then gone, yeah. so that we moved what, up. Want to, a reel. Sh- so, want, to, want to do reels? Want to do reels? You didn't want to do them, so we came up with a content strategy that didn't include them. Because, yeah. you did, because you didn't because you were and there were genuine reasons that at that point you didn't want to do them, whatever. And you know, I did say to you the other day with some other plans you've got coming up this year. So Becky, could you go over the content? Like, could we include reels? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and um, you said yes. And she <laughs> said it in front of other people. So I had no choice but to stick with it, which is very yeah. smart. But yeah, um, it just made me laugh as I was scrolling through, like, ah, oh, just posts. No, not interesting. Yeah.
1: Because, and that's why reels are so great but it is important as well that if you hate it that much just don't do it like yeah, find another 100%. way yeah. find something else to do and then uh, you know somewhere down the line you might go oh actually no do you know what i will try mm. and do this thing yeah. but there's no i hate that you should do this on social media because it's completely dependent on your business your life your yeah. circumstances your personal preferences yeah, yeah you yeah. should do but if you don't do it know you know be realistic about your expectations and try
0: and find something else that does that instead which we did for you so <laughs> yeah love it becky how can people come and find out about you and your socials where on social media would you like them to come and contact you
1: and so i mainly hang out on instagram i'm trying in the uh, gist of all of this conversation to not hate linkedin so much <laughs> my goals this year is to show up over there as well but yeah, i mainly hang out on um, instagram and you can come find me there
0: okay what's your handle oh yeah that would help wouldn't it yeah
1: <laughs>
0: social media person okay, so uh, what's a handle? handling
1: at the head socials and i'll get the person who does the show notes to. i was gonna that. say
0: so this is really funny because becky also does my show notes as part of my whole content thing and uh so yeah when you do your show notes can you put your own links in thanks very much <laughs> becky wonderful thank you becky it's been a pleasure to have you on thank you very much Okay, that was the lovely Becky McElroy. Please do go check her out. She is awesome. I certainly wouldn't have her on the podcast if she wasn't. And I even more so certainly wouldn't have her work with me if she wasn't awesome. So do go check her out. And maybe, you know, 2024, although this episode's in February, like maybe this is the year that you finally get comfortable and you create a social media strategy that works with you and your business. Okay, I will be back next week for another episode. I'm just trying to think who it is and I can't remember. Oh no, it's not a solo. I can't remember who it is next week. I have already recorded it. I'm now like tracking down. Oh, I think next week is another Becky. That's funny, Becky and Becky. And it's the amazing Becky Hollis who has created her online business and it's phenomenal. And we talk about how she does it. So do check that out. And I will see you then. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to your dream business podcast. And if you loved this episode, then please feel free to go and share it on your social media or head over to iTunes and give me a review. I would be so very grateful.